Hey guys, it's Blake, and you're listening to an all-new episode of Blonde Hair, Black Heart. Coming up, I've got an interview with my friend and fellow Bravoholic Haley Chapman, host of the And That's That on That podcast. Unfortunately, something happened when we were recording. Um, I don't know. I, I, I had my, my really good microphone there and plugged in, but somehow it must not have been turned on. Um, and he, here's the kicker. I don't even think that my computer was picking up the audio. I literally think that my audio was all recorded from the little microphone attached to my headphones. (laughs) So I basically sound like I'm calling in from like the lost city of Atlantis (laughs) or something. Um, But Haley sounds perfect. She sounds crisp and beautiful. So that's great. I mean, I would have rather me sounded good and she sounded like shit, but no, I'm kidding. Um, The interview is great. You guys are going to love it. She's hilarious. And we talk all about uh, her podcast, her time in the music industry. um, And then of course, Bravo, what what we're all here for, you know? So stick around for that. It's going to be a lot of fun. But before we get into the interview. I <laughs> I got to talk a little bit about The Real Housewives of Beverly Hills. So I'm going completely off book right now, um, I, which is not normal for me. I usually have pages and pages of notes, but it's a holiday weekend. Um, I, I should be drinking a pina colada right now. So I'm just going to go for it. Um, Real Housewives of Beverly Hills this season has been playing off screen a lot. Um, someone needs to take Lisa Rinna's cell phone away, is what I'm saying. So Lisa Rinna posted a screenshot this weekend of a text she got from someone basically saying, stop stop defaming me, stop talking about me, or I'm going to start spilling some secrets about you. So Rinna screenshotted this and posted it with the cell phone number still in the photo. So of course, people start calling. And so at first I thought this was a joke, legitimately, but someone posted, OMG, I called the number, and they answered it, hello, this is the personal assistant for Kathy Hilton. Yeah, so like I said, has to be a joke, right? No, no, this this is serious. This text message, this phone number, uh, belongs to the personal assistant of one Miss Kathy Hilton. So he then gets involved and starts posting on social media, and he returns the favor, and he posts Lisa Rinna's phone number, and is like, well, let's <laughs> let's play ball, Rinna. So, of course, I tried calling the number, and by the time I got to it, the phone number had been disconnected. But fortunately for me, I have the most amazing podcast listeners. So one of y'all sent me uh, a screen recording where you were able to call her, and this is what happened. Hi, it's Lisa. Leave me a message. I'll call you back. The mailbox is full and cannot accept any messages at this time. Goodbye. So, yeah, uh, it's safe to say that we all know what Rena is going to be doing this Memorial Day. Um, she's going to be at the Verizon store. <laughs> but a uh, little piece of advice. On your way home, after getting a new phone number, stop by Home Depot pick up some rat traps. Okay, guys, my guest today is my friend Haley Chapman, who is a singer-songwriter, a podcast host, and a fellow Bravo-holic. So, you know, I had to get her on the pod. Hi, Haley. (laughs) Hello, thank you for having me. I'm so excited. Uh, I'm so excited to have you. Now I feel like we're doing like pod swap because I know I'll, I did your podcast. Has it already been a couple months already? 
it's yeah, I think it's been at least a month and a half because we release episodes every other Thursday. And I think this was like three Thursdays ago. So yeah, yeah, it's been a while. (laughs) Time flies. And I know that that episode was um, controversial on your guys' social media. Oh my God. People were triggered. People were so triggered. They were just going in because we decided to talk about gay rights. And apparently that just pisses people off. So. Yeah, yeah, we um, alphabet mafia members tend to be a little polarizing. So yeah, oh. people people didn't like what I had to say. <laughs> you know what? They can they can get over it because we're not going to stop. So. Not, no, not at all. Okay, so <laughs> I, I definitely want to talk about your podcast before we get yes. into all of the reality TV stuff. You know, the important stuff. Um, yes. So your podcast is called "And That's That on That." Yes. And yes, that, it is. That on that. And that's that on that. Exactly. <laughs> I, I love it. I love it. Um, you host the show with our other friend, Gavin. Um, yes. Okay. So how did you and Gavin meet? Gavin and I met when we were like, God, I was like 15 and he was 13 because he's two years younger than me. So we were in a songwriting camp, which is where we met your husband. Yeah. Um, we were in a songwriting camp slash record label slash you know, like songwriting camp for up and coming artists in Orange County where we grew up and we immediately became like inseparable as we started. We never wrote together. We never like collaborated musically. That was me and Matt, your husband. We were the ones that like collaborated, but Gavin and I kind of at first, like he was in such like a different genre, like this, like singer songwriter, ukulele. And I was like this, uh, like country artist, singer songwriter. So we were in separate zones. And then all of a sudden we met and when I was like 15 um, and we just became like inseparable and have been best friends for like 10 years now and then started our podcast in 2021. So it's been, it's been almost like a year and a half, I think. So it's been fun. So we just two best friends just messing around. I love that. How did the idea for a podcast come about? Oh gosh. So during COVID, we were so like quarantined, obviously, but we were so like stuck in this rut of like my job. I left my job. I was a publicist um, in the music industry for a while. Gavin's like the songwriter world kind of took a pause for a bit when COVID happened and he felt, you know, super like not um, inspired. And I felt very much like stuck and we decided to start something from the ground up. And we were like, well, what do we love to do? We love to talk about music. We love to talk about the music industry and entertainment industry. And we know a bunch of people who would be willing to come on our podcast to talk about it too. So we decided that we wanted to like highlight artists, creators, athletes, anyone in the industry that's like making a difference and has a great story to tell because we kind of want to angle it to our listeners as like, Hey, this person did not have overnight success. Like everyone thinks they do and ask the artists, you know, what would you tell your younger self? Because a lot of our listeners are younger aspiring artists or people in the industry that look up to our guests. So we kind of want to say, you know, let's, let's make this like a friend chat where we say like, what do you wish you knew? Or like, what's your story or how did you get to where you are? That kind of thing. So just highlighting artists in the industry and making fun of ourselves while we do it. (laughs) 
that's the best. I mean, you can't ask yeah. for anything more than that. I love a little uh, self-deprecating humor. Oh, uh, absolutely. You have to laugh at the trauma, you know? Right. Otherwise you can't get through it. Um, <laughs> no. so you mentioned, obviously you guys have a lot of connections in the industry. That's how we know each other. My listeners yes. may or may not know. I like my day job is in the music biz. Um, I yes. don't talk about it too often because, um, you know, I like to keep some things personal and some like an air personal. of mystery, you know, uh, <laughs> yes. but you know, as you said, it's not all musicians. You've, you've interviewed yeah. people from all different walks of life. I mean, obviously when I was on your podcast, we did talk about the music biz, but we veered yeah. off and, and, you know, yeah. talked about a lot of other things. Um, yeah. so, so you mentioned athletes, what are some other, mm -hmm. you know, types of people or, uh, you know, career paths that you've um, featured on the pod? Yeah, we've had um, a TikToker named uh, Maddie Ray Jepsen, and she, I'm sorry, Maddie Grace Jepsen. Oh my God, I combined Carly Ray Jepsen and Maddie. Um, no, we had a TikToker on who's been making a huge impact. She blew up like crazy just by being herself, like her funny, crazy self. And she actually like received a bunch of hate just be based on like her looks or the way she was dancing or like something like that. And she kept a smiling face on and doesn't care about the haters essentially. And so we, we loved her. She's hilarious. She's starting, she's taking control of like her career and she's starting all these shows and going on podcasts and she's taken it from absolutely nothing to this huge impact and everyone loves her. And so we had her on, we had uh, my brother, who's a professional baseball player. So we had an athlete on, um, we're actually going to have exclusive, um, a manager, someone who's a, a manager of an artist in the industry, Ooh. as well as we just had a uh, Shelly Pike who's a huge, um, songwriter as wow. well in the, in the industry. So people behind the scenes, people that are front facing people that are creators or, um, singers or, you know, behind the scenes musicians. So pretty much every, everyone throughout the industry that we feel inspired watching because it came, this podcast came from such a place of zero inspiration. And we were like, we want people that we look up to and that um, we know a lot of people look up to and we want to turn people from fans into friends and just make it like a an open conversation, make it super chill and talk about everything. Like there's nothing off limits. It's just like, tell us what you want us to know about your career. And it's a lot of people who don't usually do interviews. They kind of just do their own thing and they don't, they just put out music and they kill it and that's it. And we're like, well, we want to know more. <laughs> and I know a lot of people want to know more. So yeah. So we, we choose people that have great stories and a lot that people could learn from. So that's awesome. And I love how you said, you know, you really try to highlight people who didn't have that overnight success that, yeah. like, you know, flash in the pan viral moment. It's people yeah. that really, you know, put in the time and work yeah. hard. You know, I know obviously personally, we talked about my career and like, I've been in the industry for, for going on a decade now. I don't want right. to hate myself, but I'm a little <laughs> bit older than you and our little baby Gavin. Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I mean, it's like, it's been a long road. And I think yeah. sometimes people think like, oh, you just, you just like woke up where you are. And that's most often not the case. So Never. it's great that you're talking yeah. to these people who can really, uh, you know, tell these stories of, putting in the work, the hard work, yeah. and then having the longevity that comes along with that. It's awesome. 
and talking about like the failures like that's a huge thing is we just had zach charles from arizona on and his oh my his god i band, love i love the band arizona yes oh they're the best he he was awesome he could talk forever he's so smart but he even opened up about a time where he moved out to la from new jersey and absolutely everything failed like he was he was writing with all these people nothing worked out he was like barely making any money and they said let's call it quits and they moved back to new jersey so we really wanted to highlight that to be like yes he's hugely successful and he has this amazing band that everyone loves but he fell and crashed a couple of times too, you know, and he didn't even want to be a lead singer of a pop band. He wanted to be in the um, air force flying planes, but he was colorblind. So he couldn't do it. And it's stuff like that, that like people think, you know, oh, they're, they're up on this pedestal. They're, they're killing it. They're like larger than life. You know, when there we're all just really people who are going to fail and have to get back up and we just wanted to like highlight people that, you know, have had that journey and can give words of advice or open up this door of like, if you fail, it's, it's not going anywhere. Like your goals and your dreams aren't going anywhere. You can, you can continue to chase them. Like it, nothing is like an all or nothing. You can fall and you can get back up and it can take you longer than you think, but keep going that kind of vibe. <laughs> yeah, totally. And it's, a, it's about, you know, the comeback, like you said, but it's also yeah. about maybe sometimes pivoting and repositioning exactly. and, and realizing, you know, where else you can go, you know, exactly. um, like, I, you know, obviously you and I both went from, from really pursuing like the songwriter path to then yeah. going into more behind the scenes uh, exactly. roles in the music industry. So we know yeah. firsthand, um, you know, same, obviously my husband, Matt, isn't, you know, in it, like in the studio writing anymore. Um, right. But let's, <laughs> I want to talk about that. I want to, I want to go back in time yes. a little bit. Um, so obviously I, I love my husband and his work. I think he is a, a genius. Um, so many of his songs are bops. So many of them make yes. me cry, but there are some that are stinkers. And I think, <laughs> I think he would even say that. Um, but the, I, I want to know, I mean, going way back, I feel like that, you know, was probably around the time when you knew him, like getting mm -hmm. into the, the songwriting game. So how did mm -hmm. you get into songwriting? How did you kind of hone your craft and like what is your creative process because you know from one songwriter to another there are so many different uh ways to write a song you know for mm -hmm. example my husband matt he is like a melody guy and he hears melodies yeah. and like he's all about like what is it going to sound like first where i'm like a lyrics guy and so i journal and i write and i like think mm -hmm. of the story first so yeah like where do you fall you know in the songwriting uh world well first of all i think some any of the stinker songs that Matt wrote, I probably contributed to. So <laughs> <laughs> no, but we, but we I mean, had, at least you got a cut, you know, yeah, exactly. <laughs> My name's on there. Right? No. Um, but basically I'm like your husband. I'm the opposite of a, uh, lyrics girl. I'm more of a melody first. I like the big picture. I like, Oh, okay. So it's going to sound like this in the verse then the chorus needs to do this. And I, I need to like plot out the look of the song in gotcha. the big picture. And then I fit the lyrics in there. I'm a very visual person. That's how I learn. So if I, I have to like see it laid out in order to know like where to fill in the blanks. And 
I like a yeah, I like to put this the melody and the sound and the vibe of a song before I crack into the lyrics. I mean, sometimes I'll have a lyric in my head where recently I wrote this song um that was like, I think I'm gonna cause I wanna like just I had that in my head. It was like I think I'm gonna cause I wanna and I just had yeah, it in my it, head. Wait, no, I, I wanna hear it. Sing it out. <laughs> it was like it's like this the only thing I had in my head was like, I think I'm gonna cause I wanna have you ever oh, oh. and it just kept going over and over mm-hmm. again mm-hmm. and so yeah. my friend Tim that me and Gavin were with he was on the podcast too he just started strumming like strumming his guitar and I just started like doing my like belts over it and he was like keep going keep going and so we it's stuff like that like I, I had a little lyric and then I was like all right now the melody and I like took it from the melody but I'm kind of all over the place. I know what I want the song to be about, but I start with how it like sounds first. So, and and believe me, I've had a lot of crappy, crappy, crappy <laughs> songs. But when I first started singing, I knew nothing. Like all I was doing was going into the studio and doing like covers that I found on like karaoke, like tracks. And I would just sing over them. And yeah, I, f- I, found, I found some of your. Oh songs. God! Oh God! I, I heard a little Holly oh, no. Clarkson action. It was good. Yep. You've got pipes, though. Um, <laughs> Thank that's, you. That's so funny. I mean, yeah. So you definitely write kind of how Matt writes. It's like melody first, yeah. and figuring out like the the like m- melodic and musical tone of the mm-hmm. song, whereas I'm like yes. lyrics and and storytelling from from that lane. Um, And it's interesting when I try to like come up with melodies, like my brain just doesn't function that way. And I just always end up plagiarizing, like no matter what, no matter what melody I come up with, like it's it's already a song. (laughs) And like I'll I'll somehow trick myself and be like, oh my God, I just made like the catchiest hook ever. And then I'll like bring it into the room and they're like, that's single ladies by Beyonce. (laughs) Like what the (laughs) fuck are you talking about? Um, Or you'll like sing it and then later it'll be stuck in your head and you're like, oh my God, I know that song already totally shit <laughs> like, totally. and especially yeah. with all of like you know the copyright lawsuits and everything's yeah. really litigious these days so like I don't I don't fuck with that at all it is not <laughs> worth it honey oh my no God. so so <laughs> now to give you a little exclusive um Ooh. I actually have coming up on the podcast next week if all goes well unless you know something happens and she has to cancel crossing my fingers you know that doesn't happen she's been on the books for a while but um I have Bonnie McKee coming on the podcast and she She's an incredible songwriter. I mean, she wrote like basically all of Katy Perry's Teenage Dream album. I mean, she's written so many things. But anyone uh, who doesn't follow her on social media, you should check out her Instagram because she does these reels where she has gone back and she like kept all of her journals from all of those writing sessions. And there's just like pages and pages and pages and pages of unused lyrics for like, like, California girls and teenage dream and all these songs and they're really really funny but it's so (laughs) it's so interesting getting to see like that uh side of the process and getting to see like a little snippet of you know what happens in the writer's room it's so Mm -hmm. cool and every every writer's room every writer session is so different and so fun and I I do sometimes miss 
that aspect. I do miss songwriting in, in that regard. Um, but with that said, I was always more of a performer. Like I prefer to yeah. be in front of the mic anyways, you know, I want right. to be like, I like the applause. <laughs> oh, I mean, look at us. What, what are we doing? We're right? getting, we're, we love it. We love it. I just want to hear the sound of my own voice, honestly. I mean, fair enough. Fair <laughs> enough. Okay. Um, oh, oh, Matt told me that one time you guys opened for Andy Grammer. That's cool. Oh my God. Yes, we did. <laughs> we did. This was in Newport Beach. It was uh, this festival called the Taste of Newport. And it was, Ooh, we performed sounds, all of our that songs. fancy. It was fun like it was what like does Newport taste like um it tastes like stage fright for me um <laughs> no but it was it was really cool we at our songwriting camps we would do sometimes like group songs that were super anthemic and just like a group you know effort and it felt like so family and homey and lovey and so we would write these like big anthem songs and we were all at the taste of Newport and we all got to sing it on stage together. And then we each did our own like individual songs as well. We had our own little sets and stuff. Um, but yeah, it was so fun. And we, we got a photo with Andy Grammer. I have it. We were babies. We looked so young, but it was, it was so much fun. I love those times looking back at that, that those, that was a huge, like part of my childhood for sure. That's awesome. How cool. Um, yeah. okay. Now before, uh, we kind of veer off of the songwriting, uh, topic, I just mm -hmm. want to know who are like some of your musical inspirations? Who do you look Ooh. up to or like, who are your favorite artists? Okay. So my mom is a singer too. She grew oh. up singing and she actually, uh, was, she was raised Catholic and she went and sang for the Pope at the Vatican. So she oh, wow. was like, she was like, deep in it. And then she would sing at weddings and funny story. My dad actually like wrote her, uh, his senior thesis on, uh, about my mom. It was called an angel voice. And it's so, so cute. I know. Oh my so God. She, she like, I know literal she, couple goals right there. No, they're, they're perfect. It's annoying. So <laughs> <laughs> they, um, she taught me how to sing and we would, I, I, she started me on the Dixie chicks. Oh, the chicks. Sorry. The chick. Yeah. The chick. She it's started me on the Haley. I'm sorry. I keep forgetting. Okay. You can't the say chicks. Dixie. I know. You can't say antebellum. I know. <laughs> Lady A. I know. I know. So she started me on the chicks and then it turned to Mar Martina McBride oh, yeah. and then Shania Twain. Oh my God. Shania, Shania Twain made me gay. Like I swear to God. <laughs> Honestly, I'm surprised she didn't make me gay, <laughs> but she's literally, oh, she's an icon. Amazing. And then it turned to Carrie Underwood. Mm -hmm. Um, and so obviously I was raised on all of that, those powerhouse vocal country chicks. And yeah. I had that like twang in my voice and I just loved the big country ballads and how the songs were like telling stories. Um, and then after that, I fell in love with Miss Ariana Grande. She's oh my, my God. soul queen. She, uh. she made me realize that like I could actually sing because looking at her voice and like listening to her songs and how she sang literally taught me how to like hone my voice into uh, all it was capable of. 
and she's also just like a badass and she's so freaking cool so she's like my like current like modern pop girl number one like i feel like in in every era of my life like i guess in every decade of my life so i'm in my third decade now but you know originally it was like the britney spears era yeah um, when i was really little and then it was for me kelly clarkson because like oh yeah right at that age i was in like fifth or sixth grade when she won American Idol. And so like that, that whole era. um, And then, you know, now like modern pop girl era, it's all Ariana Grande. She whistled, toned her way into my heart. Um, You know, that's like how Matt and I met, right? No. Yeah. So our first date was at Wango Tango. Um, Matt's dad won tickets on the radio and he, we had never met, but we had been like following each other on Instagram for several years, just like in the like music world, you know? Yeah. And you know how that happens. And, um, right. And he had seen (laughs) like my stories and me posting about how much I loved Ariana Grande. So he, he messaged me and was like, Hey, I have an extra ticket. Do you want to go? And she was headlining. And so she went on at maybe like nine or 10 at night, but Wango Tango starts at like noon. So we, our first date, the first time we ever met, we were together for like 12 hours. Um, we saw saw Miley Cyrus, we saw the train smokers, we saw Katy Perry, like there were a ton, but it was all about Ariana Grande. And since then we've seen her like five or six times in concert together. She's everything. She's absolutely everything and i just love the example she sets for young women and just people everywhere she's she's such a badass i can't wait to see her in wicked oh my god so good oh my god i i i die i literally i know i'm gonna die i can't wait okay so how did you guys come up with the name and that's that on that (laughs) was that you or gavin That was me, but it was, it wasn't, it was kind of a joint thing, actually. Like we would always say it, like we would always say like, and that's on period and that's that on that. And that's that like, and so I was like, what do we call the podcast? And we were like brainstorming it for a couple of days. And then I think I texted him or something. I can't remember. And I was like, and that's that on that that's the podcast name. And he goes, and that's that on that. Let's do it. It's so <laughs> so, good. I don't know so how, where it came from. We just would say it all the time. And I was like, and that's that on that. So that's how it came about. It's honestly so good. I mean, you can literally just use it in everyday conversation. Yeah, which, exactly. Which is just like free marketing. So I always say that now people will say that to me too. They'll yeah. be like, and that's out on that. And I'm like, there you go. that's Promo. out on that. Promo. You didn't even have to pay them for that. That's great. I know. It oh. just comes up in convo. I love it. I love it. All right. Let's talk about a little reality TV. Uh, you know, why we're all here. Yes. Um, okay. So you love The Real Housewives, right? I love The Real Housewives. I started with my obsession of the Orange County Housewives, obviously, because yeah. I was from Indeed. there. Had to watch it, right. you know? How and great then- is that, like being able to recognize all of the spots that they're filming at and being like, oh my God, I was there last week. (laughs) No, literally Gavin and I went to Laguna a few weeks ago and recreated the Orange County um, scene from last uh, season where Heather and her daughter go into that crystal shop. Oh my God. And we we recreated it and did it on TikTok. And it's just ridiculous. We went to the actual place and like filmed it. I love it was that. ridiculous. I love but, that. Every yeah. time when I lived in Orange County, every time I would go eat at Javier's, I would like, yes. like make a scene about someone sitting in my chair or something. No, <laughs> <laughs> absolutely. Or like say, 
Shannon Bedore forgot to pay her bill. Right. Or <laughs> Heather DeBrow's paying for this. Yeah, Heather's got I this. Got I got it. <laughs> oh my God. Yes. Amazing. amazing. Okay. So let's talk about Orange County then. Yes. Um, what did you think of the most recent season? I know it was a little bit controversial. People, a lot of people think it was a flop. Um, what did yep. you think about the season? Okay. So I was so excited that Heather was coming back. I, I love Heather. I think she's a boss. I just think she's like, she's so strong in who she is. And she's just like, doesn't take bullshit and also knows her worth and like shows her kids that too. And I'm just like, come on queen, get your bag. Let's go. So I was so excited for her to come back on. I feel like OC needed that like refresh or some sort of nostalgic component that made some, made everyone interested, you know, again. So I loved that Heather came back. I Noella was just messy and didn't, she just didn't like vibe with the crew. And I don't know if that was intentional on Bravo's behalf and they wanted that like kind of messiness. I don't know, but there was just such a clear divide between them this year. There's Emily and Gina, there's Heather and then Shannon and Noella. And like, everyone is just like, not it's like oil and water like it's just not mixing so it was it was interesting I wanted I wanted more from Dr. Jen I wanted more anything no and I felt so bad about how her marriage was just so like falling apart while this whole thing was going on and you could tell she was struggling and putting that on TV and you're like your whole family out there. That's gotta be stressful. And yeah, but it's hard. also, it's also like such an interesting choice whenever a first season housewife is like going through marriage problems. Yeah. One I I'm, I mean, I'm a firm believer unless there's like some real cheating scandal or like, you know, how Noella, um, kind of set her whole divorce up as like a complete shock. It blindsided right. her. But but with Dr. Jen, like clearly they'd been having a lot of issues. This wasn't like a surprise, you know? Right, so right. Why are you there? Like, I, I don't, don't know. It just was weird. I don't know. I'm wondering if they're like running out of people in Orange County to put on. And I want well, Gavin's here, mom. <laughs> I was about to say, here's Haley, you know? Look, I mean, you're close enough, so. <laughs> close enough I'm I'll move back to Orange County if they want to make me a housewife a single housewife (laughs) I was talking to Megan King um formerly Edmonds yes uh, a few months ago she was on my podcast and she apparently was in the running for casting last season I heard that yeah and she she lives in St. Louis Missouri but she was like yeah I'll move back for sure (laughs) right a hundred percent I'll be like yeah I'll move to Newport if you guys want me on there hundred percent one hundred yeah no, I yeah. agree with you. I think there was definitely a lot of like friction. Um, you know, yeah. it was kind of like a rebuilding season. And and I do think by the end, you know, a lot of friendships had kind of solidified. Like I, I yeah. think in the beginning we were seeing like people being introduced to each other and, and there weren't a lot of um, yeah. true connections. But by the end, I think there were. Here's my theory. And I've talked about this so many times. My listeners are probably going to shut this podcast <laughs> off. I'm sorry. But... <laughs> I think that Noella and Nicole James Weiss, um, mm-hmm. I, I think they both unintentionally kind of screwed Bravo over this season. I think mm. I think the two of them were cast 
to kind of come in opposite Heather and the three of them were set to bring the, the wealth and opulence back to the show. Those right. three, you know, before filming started and then obviously Heather and Nicole, you know, as filming went on, um, they're all filthy fucking rich, like private jets, like insane yeah. trips, insane houses, all of that. Yeah. The problem is by episode two, Noella didn't have that anymore. And right. by episode four, Nicole was gone. So, right. so then oh it was God. just, it was just Heather again as the only person with money. And I think personally, right. I think that's what's really been missing the past like four seasons of Orange County. I is, agree. I mean, maybe some of them had money. Like remember Elizabeth Vargas? Like I think she I did have money, but yes. like she didn't, she wasn't like what we want to see as a housewife. Exactly. She didn't show off her yes. money. She didn't have that opulence. I mean, she showed up in like a baseball cap and a like tank top to every event. It's like, no, mm -hmm. I want to see some, some money and some wealth. So yes. I want, I want like, if, you know, moving forward, I hope that they will bring in some new people that can actually like fill that role. A hundred percent. I was just going to say that, that there is a big gap between if you look at Beverly Hills versus Orange County versus wow. New York, like there's a huge gap in, I mean, Orange County is very suburban. I will give them that. Like it is very like family oriented. It's, it's not the, the Hills, you know, it's not like Beverly, it's not Beverly Hills. It's not Bel Air, whatever. But then there's, there's Heather who's like up here chartering private planes. And then there's everyone else. Like, it's right. just th this huge, like gap. And I don't know, yeah. I feel like, I don't know what they're going to do the next yeah. season or like, who's going to come back or what's going to happen. Yeah. It'll be really interesting. interesting. Word on the street is that, uh, they're going to start filming again at the beginning of June. We will probably be seeing some new faces and maybe yeah. some returning faces. Um, a lot of people would assume Tampa, <laughs> my girl, Tampa, um, <laughs> That's what we refer to her as. On I show. mean, I, I could <laughs> see it. It makes sense, right? <laughs> I could, I could see it. I yeah. could see it happening totally. for sure. Um, but, but I've also heard a lot of rumbles about Alexis Bellino. Ooh, and she's uh, friends with Emily, right? And Heather Dubrow, actually, despite them having, you know, a tumultuous past on the show, she said recently that they've since become friends and, and reconnected. So there's like a, a door in that way, too. So That's crazy. We shall see. We shall see. That okay. would be interesting. Let's talk about Shannon Bador. What do you think about Shannon Bador? Oh, my gosh. <laughs> okay. I never know. I'm going to say that. Like, I oh never my God. That's know. literally what I think. I feel like every season, yes. like every few episodes, I like go back and forth with her. Yes. Yeah. Every single time. Ride. Sometimes, like there were some episodes where I found myself thinking like, oh, Shannon really is trying to like turn over a new leaf. Like everyone leave her alone. Like she's gone through a lot. Like everyone's ganging up on her. Like what the heck? And then there's other episodes where I'm like, that is shady girl. And if you're going to do that, you got to be ready for the fire. But I can see when some people say like, she's playing a victim or Shannon's always the victim. And I don't know if it's the editing that they do, but sometimes I'm like, I don't really see it as victim. I see it like, as like, she's kind of reached her end and she's like, everyone just stop, like, leave me alone. But then there's other episodes where I'm like, 
girl, you are being shady and don't say it. If you don't want it getting out, you're on a TV show. Like yeah. it just, I go back and forth every time. And I wonder, I, I don't know if you ever do this. I'm like, if I was on the show. I'd be friends with this person. If I was on the show, I'd that's be friends with this really, person. That's all I do. I don't have <laughs> any real friends. I just pretend that I'm friends with them. Oh my God. Literally though. I'm like, Oh, I would hang out with Shannon in that instance. No, I'd hang out with Emily and Gina. No, never mind. Like I, I don't trust any of them because you see everything behind the scenes. And so I, I go back and forth. I just never, I never know what to believe with Shannon, especially with like the Trace Amigas drama that went back and forth and back and forth. I was like, who is telling the truth? Like, who do I believe? I, I have no idea. So I go back and forth. Yeah, me too. And I think either Shannon is like, truly unhinged at times or she's right. just like really good at making herself seem unhinged yes. um, either way though like when someone is is just like so off their rocker yeah in a way that's like you know there are some housewives in other cities where they can like become a little scary and like threatening she's right. not like that like when she goes no. crazy everyone's like your own the only person you're going to hurt here is yourself you know right so exactly it's a little bit more endearing and I guess like you can you can kind of look past it you know she doesn't she she doesn't um come off as a villain ever which is crazy right. she does some villainous shit <laughs> I completely agree that's I think where the victim mentality comes in mind where everyone says like Oh, everyone's out to get Shannon. Oh, I'm doing my Gina voice right now. <laughs> that was a really good Gina. That was really good. Immediately, I thought of Gina, and I was like, she, at the reunion when she goes, um, "I don't come for anyone, Shannon," or something like that. I like and I, when she was like, "It's time to pay the piper." Yes. <laughs> That's literally anytime I hear the name Shannon now, I just hear Gina screaming Shannon at the yeah. reunion, but. Yeah, exactly. Like, it, I think that's why people see this like victim mentality, but also I can see it from Shannon's eyes of where she's like, what the heck? I didn't do anything wrong. Why is everyone coming after me? I can't do anything right. And I think it's just time to, for Shannon to just like take a moment, reassess, yeah. you know, what matters, what, what doesn't, but I mean, it's all TV. We don't really know what is true and what's not, or right. if we're seeing the full story, which is usually never, but yeah, you know, <laughs> you never, never. know. Yeah. Always, always, yeah. you never know. So. You know what I think it is with, with Shannon and I love, I love Shannon here on blonde hair, black heart. We call her stormy Shannels. Um, so I love, oh my God. <laughs> I love stormy Shannels. I do. Um, but I think that she like David Bedore was just such a schmuck that Horrible. like, that everyone just like, felt so bad for her in her marriage. Right. That, like, she'll just forever be a victim. I, wow. You just explained it so, so, so well. I think she took that role on after the, after how David treated her, which was terrible. And I feel so bad that that was on TV, but it, since it was on TV, she did kind of fall into that victim place, you know, and I think that mindset might still be there. I do like her though. I think, I think her heart is in the right place. I just think sometimes she does things that she doesn't expect a reaction that, but you know what I mean? Like yeah. you gotta, you gotta be smart. If you're going to do that, you gotta be prepared for the outcome. And sometimes 
I feel like she's not, I don't know. Yeah, I agree. I but I, I do. I love, I love Stormy Shaniels. Just give yes, her, just give too. her an edible and like a boat. Oh my God. So good, you know? Yes. Fun okay. Shannon. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> okay. So who is your favorite Orange County housewife of all time? Mm, oh my God. <sighs> Let me think. It's, I mean, it's gotta be Heather. It's gotta be Heather. It just can't just there. You can't pick apart anything that she's done where you're like, that's indefensible. Like right. she knows where to like stand her ground. She does it unapologetically. She's strong, but she's usually right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and, and I, I love it. I love that she defends her family. I love that. She's like, oops. I love that. She's very like, she knows the energy she puts out and she does it in a way of like, she brands herself well, I guess is what I'm saying. She yeah. brands herself well. She looks out for herself and her family. And I don't think she could do any wrong in my book. Yeah, <laughs> I, I agree. I agree. I'm like a total Heather Dubrow apologist. I love her. Um, Me too. There's very few housewives. In fact, there are no housewives that I like would die on their hill, except yeah. the hill of Heather Dubrow. Right. Um, because it's a really fucking fancy hill, you know? <laughs> It's There's a, like it's a, a champagne hill. waterfall going down it. <laughs> yeah. And I want that champagne waterfall. 100%, so like, 100%. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Okay. So besides Tamara or I guess Alexis, are there any other past housewives that you would maybe want to see back? I really loved Megan King. Mm -hmm. I really loved her because she, I don't know. I feel like she got to the bottom of, she uncovered a cancer scam. Oh my come God. On. Iconic. Come on. Iconic. Iconic. And she's also been through so much since she was on the housewives last that I feel like if she came back, there'd be so much to talk about. There'd be yeah. so much to update about. And I feel like it'd be like this new fresh, like in a way where Heather came back and they're like, Oh, what have you been up to for the past four years or whatever, she'll come back and be like, well, let me tell you what the hell yeah. I've been through. And I, I would watch. Are you kidding? Hell yeah. 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 And she's very revealing too. She's very open. Yes. Um, she was not one of those housewives that comes on and tries to keep their skeletons in the closet. Right. You know, she's, she's like straight up that old uh, Disney cartoon where all the skeletons come like dancing out, you know, no, literally. Like, and she's like, bring part. them on. Yes. 100%. <laughs> Um, but we love like an open and yes. honest housewife, 100%. Yes. Yes. Um, okay, so I do now, love her. Speaking of some not so open and honest housewives, you mentioned to me that you also watch Beverly Hills, right? Oh, come on. Yes. <laughs> okay. okay. I feel like on Beverly Hills, they're a little bit more protected. They're like sheathed in secrecy yes. because yes. like you kind of touched on, there's more money to protect. Yeah. Um, there's just more at stake. Uh, yeah. But let's talk about Beverly Hills where we're just at the beginning of a new season. So we can kind of touch on, you know, what's yes. happening now, but I just want to talk overall Beverly Hills. Who do you like? Who do you dislike? Not, not necessarily just who's on right now, but like in mm -hmm. the whole uh, like timeline of Beverly Hills. Okay. I, my girl, Erica, I do. I just, I know. Okay. I don't, I don't know the full extent of like, I mean, we don't know. We really don't know what she did know and what she didn't know. I'm going to say pre all of the Tom drama, Erica was my girl. I just loved like, once again, unapologetic women that just like, don't give up shit. And she's like, 
you know, on the older side of what women would be considered, you know, to be like a pop star, but she just didn't give a fuck. And I was like, yes, let's go. Um, also I love Lisa Renna. I will always love Lisa Renna. So, so we're, we're like arch enemies right now, Haley. Oh no. Wait, do you like Sutton? (laughs) I'm a slutton. I'm a slutton for Sutton. Um, I love, wait, tell me, tell me why. Um, (laughs) I'm dead. She's, she is getting, she's like a Megan King. Like she's getting to the bottom of it. She came and she came into a cast that is notoriously, like I said, secretive and they protect each other. We've got the whole Fab Fox five situation going on where they like, it's, I swear to God in Beverly Hills, it's like pretty little liars. Like they have a secret that they're taking to the grave and like, it's so bizarre, but Sutton came in and was like, no, 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 no. Um, I'm going to be sending you guys like secret texts and signing it with a letter a until we get to the bottom of this, Eric. (laughs) No, seriously. But okay. How do you defend last episode when she went after the Dorito drama that literally brought me to tears watching all of that was horrible. I agree. And then Sutton goes, well, I've been putting out fires and it's like, (laughs) girl. Right. No, I agree. So here's the tea about that. Apparently, um, a lot of people, including Sutton and including a lot of the fans, don't believe the burglary was real. And there's a lot of reasons for that. Um, <laughs> number oh, one, didn't know this. yes, yes. So number one, there have been like a lot of burglaries within this group of women. And this isn't the first yeah. time Dorit has been burgled. Um, burgled. second of all, there's just some inconsistencies in like the story and the police report. And so I don't want to get into too many details. Cause like I'm, I'm fuzzy on them and I don't want to say the wrong thing, yeah. but allegedly, and and again, this is not like finite. This is what I'm piecing together. Right. Like she told everyone that she was held at gunpoint, but in the police report, there's like no mention of a gun at all. Um, Like it's weird that like they, they broke in and they came in with like bags and stuff. But then she said that they just like filled up her comforter with with purses and they didn't right. take any jewelry at all. Right. Um, then I don't know, people are just like not convinced. And then there's the whole element of um, like the money that they owe and like insurance. And just, I, I don't yeah. even know. I'm no detective. Know. I'm just like a measly little podcast host that yeah. you know spreads rumors around. But well, so, like, so what yeah. apparently though, apparently though Sutton also didn't really buy it. And so what people think is that Kyle knew this and was kind of like pushing for her to to say that on camera. And so Sutton was kind of just like, this is bullshit. Like, I'm just kind of going to kind of stand firm here, you know? Oh, interesting. Yeah. And I'm not trying okay. to defend her. I also, I, I firmly believe the burglary is true yeah. after yeah. seeing it. I am 100% on team. It happened. Yeah. Yeah. But that's just like what people are saying. Right. Yeah. I mean, who, who knows? I watched her on watch what happens live. And when she said, that she didn't set the alarm that night. I was like, why would you not? Your husband's out of town. Why would you not set this alarm that you clearly have so much to protect? And so I didn't, I didn't understand that part, but I fully do believe it happened hundred yeah, percent. But yeah, I mean, that's the thing with all of this. It's like, 
you never know like what setup is happening behind the scenes. Like you just never know the full story. And I feel like these women to make great TV, I feel like they've all plotted. They've all plotted their storylines for the season. They all know what they're going to say and what they're not going to say. And it's, yeah, it's crazy. So, I mean, I, I could totally see the whole, uh, Kyle, like maybe setting her up for a certain answer type yeah, of deal. Definitely. I, I could and definitely see that happening. I think you're right. I think in most of these shows, uh, at least with the seasoned housewives, the one who, the ones who have been on for a bit, they come into each season having an idea of what they want to say, what they yes. want to do, especially like we see this with Lisa Rinna here. Um, oh, yeah. when, when something has happened off camera, like during the in-between time, like Sutton going on Watch What Happens Live and talking about this gala, clearly Lisa Rinna came into filming and was like, okay, this is what we're doing this season. We're yep. talking about this. Yeah. You know? um, oh, yeah. I, think, I think they all definitely have a plan. The issue is like, or, or like, I guess the question is who's, whose plans are going to be foiled? Like who's going right. to throw a wrench in someone else's storyline. And we see that happen a lot too. A hundred percent when Sutton showed up with like receipts at the, yeah. at the dinner or the because birthday she knew, party. She knew oh, it yeah. come up. She knew. I, I, to, I, yeah, I totally get it. And then Rena was trying to defend that, like what her publicist said and whatnot. And I'm like, wow, this is a whole orchestrated like storyline. And yeah. especially, I mean, Sutton saying it on watch what happens live. She knew this would be a huge part of the season, like, of course, or at least kicking off the season, but like, I don't know. It's so, it's yeah. so I'm excited to see what happens. And I'm also excited to see how the other women react and act to it as well. Yeah, definitely. So we know you aren't a slutton like me, um, <laughs> but how do you feel about like the rest of this, this kind of new generation of Beverly Hills housewives, like Garcelle and Crystal? Crystal yeah. um, what, what do you think about them? Um, okay. I love Garcelle, love yeah. Garcelle. Um, I think, and I, I really do love Crystal and I love, I want more of her. Yeah. I want this season. I want more of her. I want to like see more of this like fun crazy side of her um and I think this season from like the like trailers and stuff I could kind of see her getting a little bit more in the drama yeah. and a little bit like poking the bear a little bit more yeah. um but she was she's kind of uh like parallel to what Dr. Jen was on not as much as like they both kind of just didn't say a ton like last season and then this season, I really hope to see more of Crystal and then Garcelle love her. I love her on the real too. Like she just, she's just a boss too. She just yeah. says what she needs to say. And I, I loved last season when she brought up the conversation of feeling alone because she's like the only person of color when she walks into a group of women and, or any, any room, I was yeah. like, Oh, come on, let's bring that conversation into the Bravo world. Um, but yeah, I love, I love both of them. Uh, and I mean, I'm just excited to see more of them this year. I feel like at every season that goes by, I just expect to see more of both of them. So yeah, definitely. And I think yeah. Crystal, it, it was tough for Crystal um, because last season was her first season and right. there was such a huge overarching storyline yes. that encompassed everything, which was Erica Jane's legal trouble. Right. And right. 
And I understand why Crystal coming into the group was would would be like, I can't really have an opinion because I just totally met you guys. Like it's different for everyone else. Even Sutton and Garcelle had been around at least one year prior. Yeah. 100%. So they had a little bit of insight. Um, but I do understand why Crystal kind of just like stayed, you know, totally. in the background a little bit. Um, I definitely think we're gonna see more of her this season. Yeah. I think I think Garcelle has quickly become like an all-star player. I think, I think so too. She's great. Um, I think so too. So you brought up, you know, the conversations of race that came up last season, and those are such important conversations. Um, how do you feel about Kathy Hilton? <laughs> so, okay. I have you heard like, the recent, like the rumors? No, and all that? I okay. have, I, I, I've only seen things that allude to like her saying something really, really horrible, right. but I don't know. I don't know what it is. Yeah. So several <laughs> months ago, like while they were filming, rumors started coming out um, about this Aspen trip that happens at the end of the season. Okay. And there were a lot of rumors and uh, it was it was almost hard to keep up. And like my job is to keep up. Yeah, uh, yeah. <laughs> so I, I was working overtime, Haley. Yeah, I'm uh, so impressed. So one of the rumors was that she called a, a black bouncer the N-word. Another rumor was that she called uh -huh. like a bartender or, or someone at the club the FAG word. Oh, no. um, and then there was another rumor that she called Sutton's assistant the FAG word. So oh, there were like no. all of these things. Um, oh, fortunately for her, uh, Sutton and her assistant came forward a couple weeks later and like said that 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 at least that part of the story didn't happen and they actually all posed for a photo together and so that kind of just shut everything down wow. but this past week um screenshots of uh conversations that Lisa Rinna apparently dm'd to a fan surfaced where she straight up says like Kathy is racist she's homophobic the whole family is full of bigots um yeah, that, them's is fighting words, Rena. Yeah, uh, but it definitely makes me think back to last season and these conversations came up, and um, you know, Kathy was definitely saying some mm -hmm. questionable things that were glossed yes. over, in my opinion. I okay, I think I know exactly what you're talking about. Um, where when Garcelle like kind of broke down and was like, "Have you guys ever felt like?" when you walk into a room, like you're so alone and no one understands yeah. you. And then Kathy immediately goes, I have. Yeah. And it's like, Kathy, that's not the point right now. Like well, that's also, not, there's a difference. No. Like what Garcelle is talking about is like walking into a room and being the only right. person of color. What you're right. talking about is like going and volunteering at the soup kitchen. And so like, you're the right. only person there with money. Like exactly. you, you feel out exactly. of place because you're wearing a fur coat. That's different. Like, hey, we've all felt alone, of course, in our lives. And we've all felt out of place at some point. But Garcelle was being so vulnerable and saying like what what she's probably wanted to say for a while, which is like, I, you guys don't understand what it's like to walk into a room and be the only person of color. I will never understand what that was like. And so I so appreciated her saying that because I was like, yes, like, you know, like this is what we want to see. This is what we need to see. And then the second I heard Kathy say that, I just got such a like bad taste in my mouth about her. Like, I just, I just don't think, I think because of her like lifestyle and how wealthy she is, I don't think she really is well-versed in the issues of other people, you yeah. know? Yeah, like, totally. Yeah. And, you know, she made that comment too about like, you know, when, when the, 
the subject of like whether or not you should see color comes up. Oh boy. Um, yeah. 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 So so when it's brought up like, you know, do we see color? Do we not see color? And she was like, right. well, I was always raised, not blah, blah, blah. And it's like, you know, yeah, I, it's fine. I understand the times are different. It just felt a little yeah. tone deaf. It felt like she couldn't read the room, you know? Exactly. Exactly. Um, I do think there's a component to her that doesn't really have that social skill of like, like we've had to be, we've had to fend for ourselves a lot in our lives. And like, I think she was handed a lot of things with the wealth that she had and never probably never really had to be independent and on her own and stuff. And so I don't, I think that, that, um, you know, emotional intelligence might be lacking a little bit as well as some sort of social skills and like being able to read the room. I feel like that might be lacking slightly. And maybe that's why we've also seen with Kathy, like she, she doesn't know how, how like basic functions work. She doesn't know how to like, like plug in a fan. I don't know. No, exactly. That's exactly We all thought it was like really funny the first season, but now we're kind of like clocking it as like, yeah, this, this lady is like way too privileged. Like read the room girl. Yeah, exactly. That's what it is. It's like, it's, it's privilege for sure. Privilege. Yeah. 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 Okay. So who's your favorite Beverly Hills housewife of all time? Is it Erica Pat the Post? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I, okay. I gotta think, I gotta think, um, gosh, do I have a favorite of all time? I mean, I want to say Erica because I just, I loved the ener- energy that she brought to when she joined, but in light of her recent things that I don't know fully, like if I would support, if I knew exactly what happened, I feel like no one will ever know exactly what went down. But one thing I do like appreciate about her is that she never wavered. Like she never like backed down. She she showed up, she showed up and she took the heat and she also said, but I'm not going to let this like destroy me. And she kind of showed like, her falling apart on national TV. Like I completely get that. And I was just impressed by her, her ability to wear the like mistakes of her husband, or maybe she was involved. I mean, she must've known some things, but she really did like wear the brunt of like everything that he did. Like she was, you know, attached to it. And so I feel like I don't know. I feel like she just, she was, she just a strong woman. And I just like, I liked, I liked her. I don't know what she represented, but before that, when she was Pat the Puss, when she was, it's expensive to be me. I was like, yes, let's go. I love this. It was more relatable, honestly, than like watching, you know, people like Lisa Rinna or Kyle Richards with all this money. She was like, I was a cocktail waitress and I met my husband and now I'm like, I'm going to, you know, pat my puss on, on national TV. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I would probably say. Okay. So Erica. now that you've just spent five <laughs> minutes defending Erica Jane, what, what, what do you have to say to all the orphans and widows? No, no, I'm just I kidding. I'm just can't. kidding. I'm, still, I'm totally just kidding. I'm just fucking I can I'm never, fucking ever, ever defend oh that God. ever. No. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Okay. Before, <laughs> before we wrap up, I, I already put you on the spot and made you sing a little bit, oh but, my God. um, okay. What, what is your favorite like housewives song or like, Oh single? my God. Oh my God. Okay. Um, can it include 
So this is all housewives. Yes. Yeah. And just I, like okay. Okay, pick, pick two and okay. you are going to sing one and I'll sing one. And we'll do just no, like, a, just oh like a bar, just like a little bar, just like the hook. Oh my just what God. are your favorite two? Okay. So, oh my God, do I know the words to the, the one that Gretchen did? on house on real housewives of, was it the uh, one where she County? was like trying where, where she was proposing to slay yes. that one yes. where uh it like played on the radio also yes. so random but and you might know her too maybe but matt knew, knew that like radio i DJ. went i <laughs> went with matt to that radio dj it was me him gavin and our friend madison we got interviewed at that radio station with the woman kelly, that was yeah. there with slate yeah kelly That's so funny every time that episode comes on because i rewatch watch yes. county all the time but every yes. time it comes on he's like oh that's kelly i know kelly no he also literally Matt also matt's dad also used to work with slade stop orange county is so small I, I can't even begin to tell you that is so funny I, when i saw that episode i was like i've been in that radio station I've been in there and I looked at the woman, Kelly. I was like, she interviewed us. Yeah. <laughs> like, what is going on? Oh my God. Um, yeah, no, that uh, song, <laughs> I don't remember. It's not like, it's not like a banger, but I remember it was kind of it was like remember. a ballad and it was like, <laughs> it was. like share your life with yes! me. Yes, oh my God, or yes, something yes, like yes, that. yes, yes. <laughs> and then he like came yes. in on a helicopter. <laughs> oh my God. Wait, okay, what's yours? Um, okay, I mean, there are so many that I love, but like, my favorite hook that just like plays in my head on loop is um don't be tardy for the party whoa, whoa. like i just i love it, I love it. oh my it's god so that it's was so beautiful thank you that was thank you. gorgeous thank you oh my god um okay what is it's not expensive to be me it's what's the other one that like, the other big one that how erica many, had how many f's do I oh do hell yeah i yeah. sing that all the time let's hear it um give me a lick <laughs> zero 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 done how many bucks do i give how many bucks do i give none not one zero 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 done <laughs> Love it. Oh my God. Ladies and gentlemen, Haley Chapman, my special guest for the day. Thank you so much for being on the podcast. This was oh so gosh. much fun. Will you tell my listeners where they can find you and where they can listen to? And that's that on that. Yes, absolutely. So my Instagram is at Hales Chaps and my podcast Instagram is at, and that's that pod uh, that I host with my best friend, Gavin and new episodes come out every other Thursday. Yeah. So, so definitely thank you so much. go listen to that. Oh my God. I love you so much. This was a blast. I love we're we're going to have to do this again. No, please. Like maybe after the end of the Orange County, like season or something, New we Beverly can recap Hills. it. Yes. Oh yes. Sorry. Yes. That's what I meant. Yeah. Yes. We'll see if by then you're still team Erica. Okay. Maybe, that's a maybe, great. Maybe we'll be slutting it up. <laughs> hey, maybe I could be turned. Yeah. I could be turned. I know you can. I know. <laughs> 